welcome to the AM Sports Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony, and I like to riff on vintage Boston sports topics from the Red Sox, Patriots, Celtics, and Bruins. On this episode, I'll be talking about one of the greatest basketball games ever played. The third O-Times the Charm for the Men in Green. On June 4th, 1976, the Boston Celtics tipped off against the Phoenix Suns in Game 5 of the NBA Finals. The series was tied at two wins apiece, with the Celtics taking the first two at home, but the resilient Suns winning both of their home games, the last one a 109-107 squeaker. Now the series was back in Beantown for the pivotal fifth game. The 42-40 Suns had already exceeded expectations, even knocking out the defending champion Golden State Warriors in the Western Conference Finals. They were led by 25-year-old guard Paul Westfall, Latecomer power forward Gar Hurd, who was acquired in the second half of the season from the Buffalo Braves, and Rookie of the Year center, the Oklahoma kid, Alvin Adams. The Celtics, though not as seemingly invincible as in their Bill Russell-led heyday of the late 1950s and 60s, were still thriving, having won the championship two years previously, beating Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and the Milwaukee Bucks in seven games. They were seeking their 13th championship in 20 seasons. 35-year-old John Hondo Havlicek was the last vestige of the Greens' past glory, but he was buoyed by a great supporting cast, including point guard Jojo White, undersized but effective center Dave Cowens, veteran power forward Paul Silas, shooting guard Charlie Scott, and small forward Don Nelson. The game looked like it could be a blowout, as the Celts led 36-18 after the first quarter, and still held on to a 16-point lead heading into halftime. But the plucky Phoenix squad buckled down on defense and got to within five points at the end of the third quarter. With the score tied at 94-94 and 22 seconds remaining in the fourth, both Curtis Perry of the Suns and then Havlicek missed one of their two free throws. Havlicek got a second chance to seal the deal, getting the ball with eight seconds left but missing on a mid-range jumper. The game went to overtime, tied 95-95. The defense was airtight for both teams in the first OT, as both teams only managed to score six points apiece. The tension ran high, but fans in the Boston Garden were still in store for quite a bit more drama. Havlicek would once again miss on an attempted game winner as the clock expired, and the game went to a second overtime, tied 101-101. With the players becoming visually fatigued, the teams went back and forth, dropping some field goals but missing others. Both teams' defenses were stifling. A big blow came to Boston with one minute left, as Dave Cowens fouled out on a charging call, which nullified his basket that could have been a three-point play at the free-throw line if the call had gone his way. The Suns would eventually take a 110-109 lead with five seconds to go, making two consecutive quick field goals, the second after a steal on the inbound by Paul Westfall and a slick offensive rebound by Perry, who regained his own miss, pump-faked, and put it down the hole. The home crowd was stunned. Havlicek would redeem his two misses as he received the inbound pass at half court, dribbled up, and hit a leaner off the glass as the clock expired to seemingly give the Celtics a 111-110 victory. The fans rushed the court, but the scoreboard operator was being a true homer as the clock is supposed to stop once a basket is made. There were still two seconds left in the second overtime. A hooligan fan dragged down referee Richie Powers as a riot started to ensue on the court. Order was restored eventually, and the Suns would have one second to try to win the game. 
Phoenix made a strategic gambit, calling a timeout even though they had none left. The Celtics would get a free throw shot on the technical foul, but this allowed the Suns to inbound at half court instead of under their own basket. Jojo White made the shot to give Boston a two-point edge. With security holding the fans back, Curtis Perry inbounded to Gar Hurd, who received the pass, turned around, leapt, and sank a jumper from behind the free throw circle to tie the game and send it to a third overtime. The teams traded baskets to start the OT period, but the Celtics were dealt another tough card as Paul Silas would foul out trying to get a rebound on a Hondo jumper with 3.23 left to play. When one door closes, another opens, as Glenn McDonald would enter the game in his place. The Celtics would get a bucket, sandwiched between two Phoenix field goals, but Garfield Hurd would pick off an errant Havlicek pass, giving the Suns an opportunity to go up by two scores with 2.33 left to go. Jim Ard, playing center in place of Cowens, would do some shoplifting of his own, picking off a pass to keep Boston in it. Jojo White then proceeded to tie it with a jumper, two of the 33 clutch points he scored in the game, and it was 118 all with two minutes left. On the ensuing possession, Curtis Perry would lose his dribble and lock up with Ard to cause a jump ball, as the big man off the bench was earning his pay in a big way. Ard won the tip-off, and the Celts played volleyball as White tipped the ball to Don Nelson, who passed to Havlicek, who was bounding up court. He passed to Jojo, who faked a layup and flipped it to the newcomer McDonald, who made a short shot off the backboard to put the Celts up by two. Phoenix Suns coach John McLeod attempted to call a timeout to settle his team and make a play, but for some reason the refs did not hear or see his pleas, and the Celtics would get a clutch rebound on a Garherd jumper. As the Celtics headed down court, Havlicek passed to McDonald, who was quickly becoming Mr. Clutch, as he buried a fadeaway jumper to put Boston up by four. After a Suns timeout, Paul Westfall would bank a shot off the glass to shrink their deficit to two with 108 left to play, but the Celtics immediately came back, with Jojo White taking a hondo pass and sinking another clutch basket to make their lead four again. The Suns would get down quickly, but McDonald came through again, getting a huge rebound on a Dick Van Arnsdale shot. The ball was knocked out of his hands out of bounds, but a foul was called on the play. Jojo White was playing the game of his life, but it was taking its toll, as he sank to his backside trying to get a breath, utterly exhausted. Glenn McDonald made both of his free throws, as the Celtics now led 126-120 with 36 seconds left. Phoenix would make a quick score. Then the Celtics would add two free throws before Phoenix scored again to get their deficit down to four. The Suns then recovered the ball after McDonald lost the ball heading to the basket, with Ricky Sobers lobbing an 88-foot Hail Mary pass to Westfall, who put up a layup with 12 seconds left to make it a two-point contest. The Green inbounded the ball, with Havlicek passing it to Jojo, who gave it back to Hondo. He then made a bounce pass to Don Nelson on his left. Nelson saw Jim Ard down court, and made a rainbow toss over the half-court line that was nearly intercepted by Paul Westfall. Ard flipped it to McDonald, who then threw it to Jojo, who dribbled away the remaining seconds to give Boston a scintillating 128-126 triple overtime victory. The Celtics would win Game 6 back in Phoenix 86-80 to clinch the championship, with Jojo White deservedly winning Finals MVP. As he averaged 21.7 points, 4.3 rebounds, and 5.8 assists in each game in the series.
Game 5 is considered by many to be the greatest basketball game ever played, with both teams so evenly matched and with so many reserves coming off the bench and delivering for their teams when the Stars fouled out. Amazingly, the 1970s was considered a downtime for the Celts, as they only won two championships during the decade. But a deep bench kept them in this game and was a key to their success from the beginning of the dynasty that ran from 1957 to 69 during which they won 11 of the 13 championships contested. As it turns out, 76 was the last hurrah for the old guard. Longtime head coach and former Celtic great Tommy Heinsohn was jettisoned in the 77-78 season, during which the Celtics had a terrible 32-50 record, and John Havlicek would retire at the end of that year after 16 seasons of Hall of Fame-worthy b-ball. For a supposed downturn in the dynasty before the Burden Company would fly high in the 1980s, it was quite a thrill to see a group of grizzled, playoff-experienced veterans squeak one out against the dynamic Cinderella Suns. That's all for this episode of the AM Sports Talk Podcast, and I'll catch y'all next time.